Welcome. Welcome to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast, where we cover anything related to behavior change that will increase your long-term wellness and happiness. And now, here are your hosts, personal trainer and RNs, Matt and Jenna Lane. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. My name is Matt. My name's Jenna. And if you're looking for a podcast that implements behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness, you found the right spot. Um, today we have a, a guest on that is, um, we've been binge watching her content. Yes, and I'm literally like fangirling right now. I'm nervous because <laughs> her on. <laughs> her content is just absolutely incredible. Um, Joe Beckwith, thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely. I need to hire you guys as like my, my hype people. That was a fantastic <laughs> intro. <laughs> no, I haven't even started the intro. So who is she? Okay, okay. What, who is she? What is she? She is a speaker, a writer, a YouTuber, an amputee, a survivor of trauma. I mean, Joe's been through a lot. Um, and she believes in the perseverant capacity of the human soul, which I actually pulled that off of her website and I thought it was perfectly put. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I've, I've, we've been diving into her content so deep and what we saw was joy, resiliency, and transparency. And what I love on top of that is with the transparency, she, she shows you that she's not made of steel all the time. Yep. And that's what's so awesome. Um, so <laughs> on this podcast, we're all about behavior change for your long-term wellness and happiness. And um, I feel like your, your content is so geared more towards mental health than it is your actual trauma. Is that, does that sound right? That makes me actually really happy to hear you say, cause, cause yes, it is. I feel like, um, I feel like what I've gone through is kind of a, not a hook to get people in, but it's, it's interesting to people, sure. but uh, mental health is what I'm really passionate about. And so I try to talk about that as much as I can. And that makes sense. And you, you now have two YouTube channels, um, which at, through our binging, uh, we found the second one, which is awesome. Um, I mean, is a, there's a lot of talking head on, on that, right? Isn't that what it's, it's mainly about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the second one, um, the secondary channel I have is just, just mental health, primarily life in the aftermath of trauma. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we definitely want to plug everything. It'll be in the description of the YouTube video. If you're watching this on YouTube guys, um, or any podcast app that you can find, we're probably on there. Uh, we'll plug all of that information. Um, but what we wanted to talk to her about was about her story, but we, al we also sort of said that we wanted to talk about making difficult decisions. And her telling her story will be extremely obvious um, why we chose that, why she chose that. So um, I'm sure you've done it many, many times, but if you can give the listeners a bit of a rundown of who you are, why you are, and um, why you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So I, um, I'll start about a year ago because I feel like that's a pretty succinct place to start. But um, about a year ago, I had my um, leg chopped off. And as I understood it before that point, I never really heard of an elective amputation before, but I lived my entire adult life from the time I was 13 onward with a lot of leg pain. Um, I had fallen off a horse when I was 13, shattered my ankle, impressed the doctors with my crazy x-rays and how badly it was broken and they fixed it. And then it didn't work. So they fixed it again. Then it didn't work and they fixed it again. And um, my entire life, I mean, basically all the memory I have of growing up is being on crutches or 
getting surgeries or being out of the hospital. And it just continued to degrade to the point where um, in early 2018, it became clear that I needed to make some kind of a decision. So I could either keep going down the path of living life from surgery to surgery and being in so much pain and so much pain medication and having everything I loved like taken away from me bit by bit. Um, like every activity I loved, it became too painful and too much until I couldn't do anything except like walk from my house to the car, right? And I thought maybe I was nuts to consider removing the problem, um, you know, having my leg amputated, but the doctors actually suggested that. And I thought about it for a long time, um, consulted with a number of different people and eventually made the bizarre decision that that was what needed to happen. It was going to have to happen within like five years anyways. And so I got to decide when to do it on my own terms, which I think was really helpful, but it's sure been a crazy journey. So you actually were thinking about amputating your leg voluntarily before you even knew it was an option or the right thing to do? Yeah, because um, a big reason for that is because I was told when I was like a kid that when I was 70, it might need to happen okay. because of the way that like my injury was and what would progress, you know, if medical technology hadn't caught up by that point, which I'm guessing it would. Right. But then things progressed so quickly to the point where I was like, Oh, the options they told me about are not options that would actually work for me at 27. Um, and now I need to explore those. And that was kind of in the back of my mind that I'm so tired of not living life, uh, of not having life and any surgical options or the lack thereof that were left would still leave me in a ton of pain, barely able to walk and might give me another, you know, like year. So it didn't make any sense to me to continue that. Okay. Okay. That makes total sense. Mm -hmm. Makes total sense. And so the first time uh, Joan actually talked, I, I told her, I was like, another word that came to mind was, was bravery. And like, you know, I feel like that's such an overused term. And I used that actually in one of the previous podcasts, but, oh, she's so brave, but it's so true <laughs> that I have never met anyone that has voluntarily done it. So, um, that's incredible. That is truly incredible. Um, <laughs> and just to show you guys how wrapped up we are in this woman, I completely forgot the gratitude point. The gratitude I completely point. forgot, I forgot. <laughs> completely forgot. Um, and seeing how I forgot, um, <laughs> What my gratitude point actually was, was uh, awareness. Um, I actually had my mom in the hospital um, twice now after her recent surgery. And um, I'm grateful for the awareness as a human, whether you're medically trained or not, because Jenna and I are both registered nurses, um, to have that awareness. My mom called me. Um, she, she knew something wasn't right for, with her leg and she was like, something's not right. And like, when I heard her say that, I've heard patients say that you don't, you don't treat that lightly. Um, we got her to the hospital. Sure enough, she has a blood clot in her leg. She's going to be fine. But I, I was thinking about that awareness piece and I'm very grateful to have that. Uh, whether that's, uh, the universe or, uh, our education, whatever it is, I'm grateful to have that. So I know yeah. that was, yeah. Well, now you're going to make mine look silly. Cause, well, because mine is that I'm grateful that we're about to get a new dishwasher because ours has been broken for two weeks. I mean, I completely <laughs> forgot to do the gratitude point, so I think you're good. You're good. <laughs> gratitude spans many, many quadrants. <laughs> yes. I mean, life is definitely much simpler when you have a dishwasher. We've been hand yes. washing it and we feel like we're in the 1700s. Yeah. yeah but yes. It's been good. Like you've been, because I'll start washing dishes and then you just magically show up and start drying them and putting them away. I mean, it's kind of been a cool, oh. you know, couple's 
thing that we've never done before because we've always had a dishwasher. Yeah. Um, but next Tuesday cannot come soon enough because yes. that's what our new gets so glad you're getting that. <laughs> um, and also, Joe, if you have a gratitude point, hit us with it. If you don't, I certainly, I certainly do. The first thing that comes to mind. Um, Yesterday, I went up to Denver and I got my my prosthetic leg adjusted again because it's a long process of getting it mm. to really work right. And when I came home, I was super just done and overwhelmed and like everything was kind of hitting at once. And I, I'm so grateful for my husband who knows how to listen because he'll just he'll listen and he'll let me kind of go through my long list of why I can't can't handle it and everything's too much. And then by the end of it, he's just hugging me and I feel like I can handle it. So I'm super grateful for for uh, for Brian who will just do that for me. That's incredible. Awesome. Yeah. So the little bit that we have seen him in it, um, he seems like he has a lot of a lot of wit and a lot of comedy in him from what from what we <laughs> <Yes>. said. <laughs> my mom. Yeah. My mom was actually here at my house today sort of recovering and she was like, I want to yeah. see him some more. She's like, I really want to see him more. She was like, I wonder yeah. why she didn't put him in more. And I was like, I don't know, mom. It's her videos. Let her do what she wants to do. <laughs> because, he, because he won't come in. I've oh. asked him to. I'm so, he's going to listen to this podcast. And it'll just be even more proof that he has to, that people love him. Yes. <laughs> we love you. We want you. We want more of him. We want more of him. Yep. More Brian. More yes. Brian. Yep, I agree with that. <laughs> one, of the, one of the questions um, are really things that I wanted to bring up uh, now that I've flip-flopped you. You were in your rhythm there and I took you out of your rhythm, but <laughs> You're good. Um, we've been in healthcare for, how long have you been in now, babe? Um, I've been a nurse for 13 years. Yeah, but you were in before that as a nurse's aide and all that, so. Yeah. I mean, we've both been in, I've been in for 11 years. So, I mean, we, we know healthcare. We've been in it, we've seen it and, Communication in the healthcare community um, is usually one of the biggest dilemmas. And in a lot of the YouTube videos that I've seen you talking about, you have never like phrased it negatively or just pointed a finger and been blatant or anything like that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is you've been through the absolute ringer when it comes to being in hospitals, having 15 surgeries. And yeah. it's a selfish question that I'm asking, how have you kept patience in that? Oh, that's, um, that's an interesting question. I appreciate that. No one's really asked me directly about those experiences before. Um, I think it's funny when I started out, uh, like after I broke my ankle, I was a kid and I thought doctors were absolutely like gods and the coolest and, you know, they, they fixed everything and, um, so cool. And then as I kind of grew up, I realized that like, oh, it's, um, it's less of a science and maybe more of an art. Uh, and, and as I've gotten to this age, I realize it's probably maybe equally both because um, I've had a lot of negative experiences with the healthcare industry in my country. And I think one of the hardest things for me to do is to treat every new experience like a new experience and not carry all of like the negative experiences that I've had with other doctors or yeah. hospitals or whatever into like the next appointment. Sure. Um, Cause sometimes it's easy to just assume that people are going to screw up and that's not cool. That's not good for anybody. Um, especially doctors who I have an immense amount of respect for. Right. I just also have a difficult relationship with in theory. Um, so I think it's, it's been very intentional. Um, I've also started bringing people with me to doctor's appointments pretty much any time I ever have to go. I try to have people with me to A, like keep me in check. Um, not that I ever go nuts or anything like that, but like if I'm letting my emotions take over too much, 
they're there to you know help out and, and help the conversation along and to take notes and all of that. And I've kind of made it more of a community thing and less of an isolated, just me in healthcare mm-hmm. sort of thing, which helps on a number of levels, I think. Very smart. I, I, like, I didn't know what, like, I don't have an answer for it uh, because I, yeah, haven't, I yeah. haven't been a patient as much as you, but like, that, wow, what an, what an incredible, uh, what an incredible way to go about it. That's not something that's, you know, through your content, I've, listened and thought and had so many realizations and realized had I not seen your videos, I would never have been able to even think about that. Does that make sense? That's really cool. I appreciate that. It does make sense. It's kind of trippy. Like (laughs) because I haven't been through that, I was like, I would have never thought about that struggle. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think from the other, the flip side of it too, I mean, we can both voice our frustration with the healthcare system. Um, But seeing it so intimately from your side um, is really eye-opening, and I think it's it just opens. I think everyone's eyes are specifically because we really haven't been on the other side of it. How how frustrating the whole system is. Yeah. Yeah. I um. I hope it can get better. I hope. I think it can. <laughs> yeah. I think for everyone's sake, I, I I agree. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have so many good people like yourselves working hard, and I feel like it's almost more the system itself yeah. and less yeah. individuals. It is. Know? Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know what the fix is. Um, yeah. But it, it's certainly broken. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. We've talked about that in the past. Um, you know, it seems like it's a real reactive piece rather than a proactive piece. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, one thing on this podcast is I tend to, when I get into the topic or I'm really into the guest, I will sometimes monopolize the conversation. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you sort of dive in here, Jen. I'm going to mute my mic. Um, no, I mean, just a couple of things, um, of, of questions that I have, um, something that has really stuck out to me in your videos, I think, because I watch Matt edit our videos is that I, I really love your music selection. Thank you. I love it so much. It's very interesting. It's your, your taste in music is certainly different than Matt's and, um, it, it, I think pulls it all together, um, with a very meaningful touch. And I just wanted to say, I, I really that like your really music cool. selection. <laughs> no, one's, no one's ever really uh, pointed that out before. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually went and I don't know, I don't know if you listened to it, but, um, what was it? I had it written down your favorite artist. I'm such a jerk. I had it written down, but I actually went and listened to some of it. Um, and it actually sounded like your video is really weird. It, there's another oh, that's Louis Capaldi. That's that him. That's him. Yes. Yeah. I love him so much. Yeah. It was oh, weird. Cool. It sounded like you. Yeah. Another Matt's that's so interesting. Another portion, like another portion of the show is Matt's ADD moment. So yeah, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Jenna. Go I ahead. So, and uh, one question that stuck out to me, cause I'm sure you've gotten, a lot of feedback and of course some of the videos I've seen is you know you're commenting on some of your feedback but um, is there any unexpected feedback that you've had since your amputation that has just really stuck out to you a positive or negative that you that you really didn't expect someone to, to say yes the answer is a loud resounding yes very much so um I never really intended for, I'm very grateful for it, but I never intended for the platform that I have to be the platform that I have. Um, I legitimately was just trying to work through the weird process of how to decide to lose a part of your body forever. Like I was just trying to like figure that out and then like 
distract myself as I was trying to recover and all that and, you know, making videos and it turned into something um, incredible. I'm really grateful for, but one of the, the upside and the downside with that is that everyone has an opinion and everyone has a voice. And I often wonder what it would have been like to go through all of this without um, many, many, many thousands of people telling me what I should and shouldn't do and how I was messing up and how I wasn't messing up and, um, and really positive, really, really amazingly positive things too. I think, um, I think I mentioned this in, in videos before, but I was kind of thinking about it earlier today, so I'll just mention it. One of the most interesting things to me is how um, I think that when people leave leave comments, so often it has nothing to do, as little to do with me. Like there is one situation where um, there's been a couple people who will tell me that I wanted my leg to be gone, um, that like I have a psychological disorder that uh, made me want to chop my own leg off. And it's called body identity integrity disorder. It is something that people actually struggle with. And I was like, no, that's not even remotely it. I very much would have liked to have kept it uh, if it would have been better. And they'll write these long, like detailed explanations of why I'm so screwed up and um, why this is all my fault and all that. And I used to be really offended by it and like hurt because I'm like, oh, I'm trying to work through this and like you're making it so much more difficult and all of that. And then as I started talking with them, like I'd respond. Um, they'd go into stories of what was going on in their own lives and you'd realize like, oh, this has, this is absolutely nothing to do with me, um, which I think is, has been interesting. It's been a very fascinating study in where other people's thoughts and opinions belong. Cause I think it's really important to invite people into our lives and be open to change and open to feedback and all of that. But to what extent when everyone um, when everyone has something to say, again, both incredibly positive and incredibly negative. Um, and as far as I'm trying to think of, of surprising, you said feedback specifically, right? Mm -hmm. Or, or yeah. really anything that's been unexpected. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the, the community that's been built, a lot of people assume that it's amputees. Um, like I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and they're like, well, I mean, your audience is, is primarily amputees. And I was like, it's actually, weirdly, it's actually not. Um, the majority of people aren't dealing with uh, losing a limb. They're, they're dealing oftentimes, you know, in reading through things, oftentimes dealing with like significant life change or significant mental health issues or loss or grief or something like that. And it's been really um, an honor to connect with that kind of a community on top of the amputee community, which I am now a new part of, and um, realize all of the similarities in like in grief or in processing something huge. Cause I think oftentimes we like to think that like um, the me losing a leg is so much different than, you know, you Jenna, the most difficult thing you've ever experienced, but it's probably not like it probably manifests itself differently. Um, the specific challenges are different but grief is similar to a lot of people and trauma is similar to a lot of people. And that's been a really interesting thing for me to look at and realize that um, we're often not nearly as isolated as we think we are, even if people haven't gone through the exact same things we have. That's kind of a tangent, not exactly. No, that was, no, that was fantastic. And it sparked so many ADD thoughts of my own. But um, (laughs) what I was just thinking about was, does, has it ever bothered you 
when anybody has ever said, well, if you could get through this, then I can get through my problem. Has that ever, does that irk you? Does that, does that bother you? Good question. Really good question. Um, yes, it, it, it does to some extent. And I like, I'm almost hesitant to say that because I don't want people to think that like, that's a bad thing to express, but being completely honest, um, sometimes I think it's less, I think it's way less that like, if someone feels that way, like if a person feels like, Hey, you know, I see this person being able to get through something that really motivates or inspires me or gives me peace or whatever. That's awesome. I think it's way more the flip side of that when it's like, um, like I call it inspiration porn. Um, it's like the montages of disabled people doing things. And it's like, Oh, if they can get out of the house, what's your excuse? Yeah. That kind of stuff bothers me. I would imagine. So it's more, it's more specifically like the comparison or, or pushing it on other people that like there's some kind of standard that should be met because of me. Um, and also I think this applies for other people dealing with a disability or um, amputation or something like that, that there are, assumptions made that someone else should be able to do something because I can, or, um, or that I should be able to do something because someone else can. Mm. And I think those things are not at all intended to be harmful. I think they're intended to be helpful, but I think they end up being harmful. Mm. Yeah. It makes sense. And that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, I think so it's, um, yes, it's more the, the comparison thing that I have trouble with. Yeah. Cause everybody's different. Yeah. Um, exactly. And I mean, you have such a, in particular, you have such a depth of things that you can talk about that pertain to mental health because yeah. of all the things that you've survived in your life. And it's not just the amputation. That's just one piece no. of what <laughs> makes you you and unique. Um, and, and I like that you talk about all of it. And I think everyone can relate and, you know, on some level. Yeah, I, I really, um, I really appreciate that. It's, yeah, I think it's, a lot of people, again, um, make the assumption that like losing a leg is the most difficult thing you could ever go through, but it's, it's, I've gone through much worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And something that I've wondered, um, you know, like you said, being on having a platform like you have now, Yeah. because I don't know, had you, have you ever found yourself trying to keep up with messages or people messaging you or like the sense of responsibility of like, like maybe I am going to help some, maybe I can help somebody through this. And then it's become overwhelming. Oh yes. I'm dealing with that presently and trying to figure out where to put it. Cause I don't, cause I work full time and I try to do a video every other day and I try to learn how to walk and make it to physical therapy and medical appointments and take care of my dogs and take care of my marriage. And I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what does it look like to try to balance it? And if you don't have an answer yet, that's okay. Yeah, I think um, right now it's, I think the first thing that I realized is that like, I, I'm not responsible for other people. Um, I care a lot about other people and I would love to help however I ever can. But um, if I, if I like kill myself in the process or if I exhaust myself in the process, it's cliche, but I'm no good to anybody, myself included. And so kind of starting with that realization of like, I'll, I'll cut out like 10 minute time blocks on like a lunch break and be like, okay, for 10 minutes, I'm going to respond to these messages that I know 
that I really wanted to, to get to or try to like respond to this one email or whatever. And it kills me that there are so many that I can't, but I can't. Yeah. Um, and I have to recognize my own limitations, which is hard. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, there's always a recurring question on this, on this show. Um, and I believe that the definition is different for everyone. Um, mm -hmm. and there's not a incorrect or correct definition, but for you, what is your definition of happiness? That's funny. So I was trying to put that in two words the other day and I could come up, I, I couldn't come up with a definition so much as other words that I associate with it. But I think for me, happiness is peace is like being at peace. Cause that's something I really struggle to make it to. Okay. And, um, yeah, to not feel like everything's spinning and moving and anxious and tense or difficult or whatever, but just the quiet, like being, being content with things being quiet, I think is a piece of happiness for me. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. Like, you guys, yeah. yeah I uh, didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm sure you guys have shared it before, but what does happiness mean to you guys? Go ahead. Um, well, I think I may feed off of somewhat of your answer, I think is, is similar to mine because I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and, yeah. and sometimes, uh, I'm embarrassed to admit that it took me, you know, I would say maybe 32 or 33 years of life to realize how bad my anxiety was, but um, that calm, just being able to deal with like what's in front of me ev every day and not freaking out about what could happen two steps away, just dealing with what what's right in front of me um, is really freeing to my mind. And that's allowed me to be so much happier. Yeah. I've, I totally feel that. Yeah. My definition is, um, and I feel like it's morphing and changing, which I think that's okay. Um, yeah. But I can tell you that I'm at my absolute happiness like the pivotal point of my happiness is when I'm doing things like this and connecting yeah. and connecting with people that yeah. um, are growing. And for me, growth, whether that be financially, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, that is uh, that's a lot of my happiness. And being with yeah. this one is a lot of my happiness. Yeah, that's um I, I was, I had a conversation, I keep referencing conversations I had the other day, but I had a conversation the other day actually with my therapist and um, what you said reminded me of it that sometimes I feel like so many things in my life are like distractions to just like keep going and just stay afloat and just like, you know, stay above water. Um, but identifying the things in my life that don't feel like distractions and it's a short list. It's like my marriage, public speaking, conversations like this. Uh, and, and making videos and like my dogs, maybe that, like, those are the things that don't actually feel like distractions. Yeah. Like the, those, I think that's like, those are like strings of happiness. Like what, yeah. what doesn't feel like noise, you know, additional yeah. noise in your life. Strings of happiness. That was an interesting way to, yeah. interesting way to think about it. I hadn't thought about it before that she suggested. Yes. No wonder it was yeah. a good conversation the other day. Very, very nice. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Well, and I think y'all are very similar as far as what you feel responsible for. Jonah. Yeah, both of oh, okay. both of y'all. Um, that I uh, and I, I feel it. I, I haven't heard it directly from you, but I feel it from your videos that you feel very responsible for um, sharing your story and helping other people through 
what you've gone through and how you've overcome and continue to move forward. Um, and I know yeah. Matt, you've, you've voiced that too, that you feel very uh, responsible for what's been laid in, in your heart and your head to help other people. Um, and even though your, your missions aren't exactly the same, um, they're very, very similar. Yeah. So I, I think, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that, but I think it's just really cool to be able to talk to two people that are so impactful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. Well, I mean, I talk to Matt all the time, but. I... <laughs> well, and again, that's, that's, that's actually why I self, I selfishly asked that earlier about, you know, how do you keep up with things? How do you, yeah. how do you oh, balance yeah. things? Because, you know, and I've said that on this podcast, I've said that on the, on the videos that it's been a very difficult thing for me to balance things. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Having ADD and having all these ideas and these grandiose plans and blah, 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 blah. So um, yeah. I, I, I don't like that you struggle and I don't expect anything different, but I'm glad that we share something such as I that. Totally get that yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I find people who had similar experiences, I don't want to be like, I'm so glad you've suffered too. Yes. <laughs> like I'm really glad that. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes there's comfort in, in uh, knowing that other people are struggling. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Have the same struggle. Yeah. Very much so. I think that's very true. <laughs> Just the acknowledgement. Yeah. 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 There was something that struck me, um, again, in your videos. Um, you had your leg voluntarily amputated because it was going to improve your quality of life. Everything was yeah. going to be great. All I got to do is get to that very traumatic point. By the way, guys, I'm going to plug uh, quite a few videos that were just very, very impactful. Like um, even before she amputated her leg, it was incredible how she actually said goodbye to her leg. She wrote on yeah. it. Friend, friends wrote on it. It was incredible. But yeah. That was a great video. It really was. But Thank you. What I saw in you and didn't think about, and of course, until I saw your video, you kept having complications even before, even after the initial amputation, and then you had to go back and have more amputated. And I just yeah. thought to myself, I was like, my God, we made it here and there's more to deal with because it's like, we made it this far. If we can just do this, life's good. We're, we're, we're going to figure out how to do it. And then there's more complications. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I can only draw from that that your patience and growth as a human being um, is just so exponential because of this experience. It's been um, it, it's funny because so for so many years, I was, as I said, like bouncing from surgery to surgery or procedure or injection or whatever. And I like, I knew that nothing would fix it, fix it because it was not great. It wasn't a, a fabulous ankle. It had lots of problems, but um, you know, minimal improvements, whatever. I think I thought of removing the problem as um, maybe, you know, actually fix the problems that I was having. I knew that like life as an AVT was not going to be freaking simple. Sure. Uh, I knew that it was going to have complications. I could not predict. I could not plan for. I could like it obviously hard, but um, I kind of naively thought that if I chopped the problem off, that the problems would stop. Um, and that was not the case because I, I had, um, I had another surgery eight months after the fact, and then they, then it still didn't work. Um, and so then I had to have two more inches of my leg cut off and we restarted the entire process again. And that has just, oh, it has just been a, it is, it's been a bizarre year. I think I'm still kind of um, 
feel like you go into survival mode when stuff's mm-hmm. going particularly crazy. And I feel like I'm just starting to come out of that where things are, are quieting down. And um, I've had so much support this past year. And I think being able to be emotional and emotionally real about what has been going on and about the fact that like, um, that kind of sucked. That kind of sucked a lot. Like that wasn't a good time. That wasn't what I planned for. That was really hard to deal with has been helpful. Um, and expressing that through the art of videos and through speaking and all of that has been incredibly helpful for me. Helps me like reframe it in my own head in a way that makes a little bit more sense. Um, and instead of like bottling it all up, which I am a pro at, but I'm really trying to get better at not doing, um, you know, actually feeling emotions and expressing them. But yeah, it's, um, I think it probably has indeed spurred some growth that I am yet unaware of. I'm just kind of trying to swim. <laughs> well, and you, you put a, you put a video out recently where, I mean, and I, I doubt it was the first one, but this is the first one that I saw um, where you were very emotional. You were teary eyed yeah. and you, I mean, and that was the transparency piece that I was talking about. And yeah, this sort of bounces back to your platform. Have you found yourself, um, going over the line or finding a line of like, all right, I, I, this, for me this time, I really do need to stop recording. Have you found that? Have you struggled yeah, with that? that's um, just a, a great question. That's something that I feel like I sort of try. It's a constant learning process. Um, I have found that the videos that I am most hesitant to post, um, that I'm like, ah, oh, no one needs to see this you know, whatever it's, I mean, no one cares about what I'm experiencing or whatever. Like when I get all those thoughts, um, that's usually when I, I don't want to say I need to post it. Like you ever need to post anything, but that's usually, they end up being uh, impactful for people and resonate. And um, it's when I'm like terrified of everything that I found it's usually best to just hit publish and not think about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that there is, I, I absolutely have videos that I have recorded that will never see the light of day um, that were more therapeutic for me to just talk than anything else. And I think it kind of comes back to like, what, not what message am I putting out there? Because it's not all about a message for me. Like I, I want to honestly just talk to people about where I am and what I'm going through. But um is it like just a moment of completely losing it or is it like having a really hard time and figuring out a way to work through it? You know, like if I'm just sobbing for like 10 minutes, that probably doesn't need to be published. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a, there's a delicate balance in there that I feel like I'm still trying to find because it's very, it feels very uncomfortable to, um, to let people see me like vulnerable and emotional, but I think it's also very helpful. It's extremely real. And others. And well, and I think that's when people can relate to you the most, um, when other people are yeah. feeling vulnerable. Um, and I just love the fact is, uh, you know, a, a lot of times something that makes me feel vulnerable is not wearing makeup. And so of course today yeah. I am of all days, but I've pushed myself to not wear makeup all the time in our videos yeah. and something uh, just, I don't even know if that's, purposeful but some of your videos where you're recovering from surgery you're not wearing makeup you're just being you you're not being like the perfect 
online face. YouTuber. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I appreciate that realness um, and, and your transparency just in you just being you in your own skin. Oh, thank you. That's really, that's really cool to hear. And I'm, that's, that's awesome that that's something that you're working on too. And, um, you know, moving through, I'm, I'm in that process myself too, but that's, that's cool to hear because everything is usually well lit and white and <laughs> put together online. So thank you for saying that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, sometimes I wish I would have made some realizations about like, who cares what my skin looks like back like in my early 20s when it really was yeah. probably pretty flawless and now in my mid-30s yeah. I'm like oh well <laughs> it's too bad for y'all you, you get my my bare skin <laughs> yes <laughs> it's, it's weird how that can be such a struggle but it honestly mm -hmm. it, like it is I get that <laughs> yes Guys, can, guys go through the same thing. I, I think the bar is so much lower for guys because, like, you know, yeah. most most men, you know, we're not wearing makeup, so it's like, oh, we roll out of bed and do our hair, and it's over. But there's a lot of that, and I so that's something that I've struggled with is you know that whole bigorexia thing. I'm never manly enough. Yeah. I'm oh, never yeah. big enough. All that. Um, so I have that too. You know, like whenever I'm taking a photo or I, you know have that certain angle. So I, I think more people struggle with that than I think more people actually talk about. So yeah. I get that. Yeah, yeah, I it's not just a woman so thing. True. Yeah, yeah, we we talk so much about um, we talk a lot about like women and body image and and all that because it's super important. But we don't quite talk so much about like the guys. I think it's yeah. often the same. It just manifests itself differently. Like what you what you're saying, you experience, and that's mm -hmm. that's so true. That's so real. We just don't acknowledge it quite so often. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's not just a woman thing. I I, no. I like to point that out. Yeah. And so just a couple other things, just because I'm still fangirling that you're on our <laughs> podcast. You're so sweet. <laughs> no, I just, the way you film your videos, it's so intimate. It feels like when I'm sitting there watching you on my phone that we're like sitting on the couch having a conversation together. It That's feels awesome. very intimate and very transparent. Um, and I think that makes it more impactful too, that you're not in a perfectly lit studio every time with your makeup perfectly done and you're sitting yeah. there reading a script about <laughs> what you're talking about you're just sitting there having a conversation with your followers um, and that makes yeah. it I think so much more real and impactful that you're a real person talking about real things rather than this just famous youtuber that's talking <laughs> about what you should do so thank you um that means a lot to me I have often felt like I don't fit online because it's not particularly popular to <laughs> uh, not script things and um film in badly lit places without makeup um and cry so thank you <laughs> yeah well i think that's why people can relate to you i know i've said yeah. that a hundred times but i uh, I, I really think that's i think that's why your your content is so attractive to so many people um is because you're just you're you. And when you stop being you, even if it's in front of a camera, that's when people will stop really relating to you, I think. Yeah, well, and, and I, I say this to you, Joe, and I say this to any creator that's listening or, or to anyone that is listening, but if you're not going to be you, then like, what, what are you doing? Like, screw it. Like, be you. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's why people watch your content, Joe, because it is you. It's no one else but you. Um, yeah. So I'm fanboying. So go ahead, Jenna. Go. <laughs> no, that's really it. I mean, I think I've I've checked up all of my 
uh, questions, whether it related to our podcast listeners benefiting or if it was just my own personal <laughs> question. <laughs> well, it made me feel lovely, so thank you. <laughs> well, is it is it time for the wrap-up? You tell me. I guess so. I mean, are there is there anything that you want to talk about or plug or ask us or anything while we've got you? Yeah, bare minimum, plug all of your stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start there. But uh, as you discussed, I well, I have a YouTube channel, as we may have mentioned once or twice in this <laughs> podcast. Handful of times. Uh, it's called Footless Joe, two words. Uh, footless, not footloose. People have <laughs> often mixed that up, understandably. And then my second one is called Trauma Talk. Um, that one is, uh, I'm particularly proud of because I've talked about very difficult subjects like life in the aftermath of domestic violence and sexual assault and things like that. And I have like 3000 subscribers and I'm so proud of that. Um, so that's, that's my second channel and yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere else on the internet. Uh, oh, Matt, you and I were talking about this over Instagram. I also recently joined TikTok. Yay, <clears throat> yay. Myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. And most people, most a lot of people don't even know what TikTok is. It's a it's a up, up and coming app right now, guys. It used to be called Musically. Um yeah. and it's a very young platform. There's, you know, very young. I think I think it's I think it's cool. And yeah, Joe was like, Yeah, no, I'm kind of embarrassed. <laughs> But go check her out, guys. I don't want anyone to know, but also I do. Yeah, it's just, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Um, awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Jenna, do the wrap up. I don't know. There's a lot of, so usually at the end of the, our podcast, I kind of wrap up some of our main points. Um, but I think that we might ha just have to totally redo the podcast. We covered the, I go we over covered all the, gamut, all the points. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think the the recurring theme is just that your transparency um, and your focus on mental health, no matter what that looks like, um, is so helpful to so many people. And y'all listening or watching our podcast on YouTube or on, on a podcast app, uh, follow Footless Joe. She's really incredible. <laughs> really is. Really, really is. I mean, you've, you've even had, you even had my mom hooked before yes. she was leaving today. Oh. She was sitting in our living room and she's usually usually pretty boisterous when she's watching videos and stuff like that. She's asking questions and whatnot. And this is the first time I've seriously think about it, babe. Like it was the first yeah. time that she's ever just stared at the TV and yes. just watched the content video oh after video. So she was <laughs> fangirling out too. So everybody in the Lane family loves you. So That's so sweet. Oh, you guys made my week. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. We truly appreciate it. Um, and if we're ever around your neck of the woods, we will, we will, I want to, I want to slide by and grab you some coffee or tea. Yes, absolutely. Please, please. You guys are in Florida, right? Yes, yes. we're in Florida. Yeah. If I make it down there, I'll take you guys out to dinner. Please, please. We, uh, we I'd will. love to meet you in person. We will show yes. you some of the most beautiful beaches around. Excellent. <laughs> thank you for having me on guys. This was seriously an honor and delightful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, guys, we'll talk to you next week. This has been the Better Than Yesterday Everyday Podcast. We want to thank you for listening and invite you to subscribe to the show as well and follow Matt Lane Fitness on YouTube. Until next time, you don't have to be perfect. Just be better than yesterday every day. Every day.